Blog Talk Radio. And like I was saying, since the last time we did a show, you know, the SB Nation threatened to take the site away again and had somebody write to suggest that we be more like Grant Brisby, which is like totally good advice. Oh, hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly. Or should I say, hello, Nats Town. This is Patrick Reddington for Federal Baseball, Federal Baseball's own Mr. Jackpots. And I've got Doghouse and Federal Baseball on the line. Nats Nightly is back on the air after a brief hiatus during which we tried to sell the show to a uh, parent company for close to a minute. No, that's not true at all. We're just lazy. Hi, Doghouse. Nationals won. Are you happy? Hi, Patrick. <laughs> this is the baseball show? I think so. I think so. we might just complain about uh, people who like to edit tweets and call up and offer unsolicited <laughs> advice on how to r- run your website and then not only offer the advice but write to your employers to suggest that they should fire you for because the, they read two sites and one of them's not like the other and they like the first one better. So they should get rid of the person welcome, who's running well, the second one. Welcome to the Internet. Hey, Internet. Everyone has an opinion, and they're all right. Gio Gonzalez on the mound yeah. in Great American Ballpark tonight. 286 ERA, 419 fit, 49 walks, 110 Ks, 216, 307, 368 line against, and 113 in the third before the uh, All Star break. Came out strong again tonight. Four scoreless on 64 as the Nats jumped out to a 5 nothing lead. Up to 90 after six scoreless, three hits, two walks allowed, 101 with 11 straight down after an 11 pitch, one, two, three, seven, back for the eighth, works around a single and an eight pitch frame, 109. So, of course, Dusty Baker sends us back out for the ninth. I know how to manage better than him. Gio gets the first out. Obviously, they just had him out there to face the lefty Votto, and obviously, Dusty Baker doesn't trust his bullpen, but. Really nice start by Gio Gonzalez coming out of the break. Snaps a four-game, uh, three-start losing streak, I should say. Eight and a third, four hits allowed, two walks, six Ks, 13 ground ball outs, big for Gio. Uh, picked up where he left off. He was good in those three starts that he lost going into the break, but uh, good again tonight in Cincinnati. Uh, well, I tell you what, I, I'm finally going to do it. Uh, this this may be the jinxiest move I make all season but I have decided to buy in. I am I am down with believing in Geo now. He is back. He is legit. He has returned to form or discovered some form he never actually had. Because I was thinking back to, to when we thought he was the, the greatest thing ever, and I, I'm not sure he was as solid as he's been recently. I, I, I don't know what this Geo is. I don't know if it's the Maddox whispering, if it's, uh, it's just just baseball, and it's and it's you know things go weird directions sometimes for reasons you can't explain. But uh, he's suppressing his walks, he's keeping the ball down, getting a lot of ground ball outs, going deep into the game, uh, keeping his composure when uh, he gets a couple of couple of guys on base uh, or you know gets uh, gets some weak contact that goes through. Uh, he's suppressing the long ball. Uh, this is everything that we speculated we might get out of Geo in 2012 and never really got all at the same time. And and here it is. And I'm just fine. Fine. You won me over. I believe in Geo again. There you go. Are you happy now? Are you happy, Dusty? You've been driving me crazy. You leave him in. Every extra inning, every extra out he gets because Sammy Solis is gone, so now he's also your loogie. Oh, my God, you're killing me, Dusty. 
He's killing me. I believe in Geo now, okay? So what do you think of Dusty Baker's uh, decision to send him out there for the ninth inning at 109 pitches? He knows how to manage his team better than I do, so I'm just going to defer to him. I really, I don't like that last question of mine. I was asking myself, what would Grant Brisby do here? And nothing against Grant Brisby. He <laughs> <laughs> was an excellent writer. And as I mentioned in my response to the person who suggested that, it, he's a singular personality and an exceptional writer. So I'm pretty sure everyone, great person in, the to Nation, <laughs> everyone in the SB Nation probably gets the, why aren't you more like Grant Brisby question once a month or so, but back to the action here because that's what we talk about on Nats Nightly. Steven Drew and Anthony Rendon with two out RBI singles in the first and two nothing lead and then Bryce Harper takes over 21st home run just absolutely bashes one to right field off of Tim Adelman. It's like Saddleman according to the Nats uh, red pregame notes. Harper gets him again in the fifth uh, just a center cut fastball that he absolutely destroyed. 22nd home run uh, another multi home run game for Harper there. Uh, just comes out of the break swing and had a nice all-star game too. We didn't talk about that. Uh, two hits in the all-star game, a diving catch out there in right field, which had me holding my breath for a little while, but he came up, flipped his hair like a champ and looked good out there. Uh, two big oh my God, tonight for Harper. <laughs> it's classic. I think the only thing better was the hair flip he got in the dugout from his teammates. But another big game for Harper he tonight just, against the Reds. He just wakes up like that, perfectly quaffed. He gets up from diving plays and wakes up from it perfectly quaffed. They have a new commercial with that guy, too, where he joins Harper in the on-deck circle, which is equally humorous. But uh, what do you think of Harper's performance tonight in the second half opener, two blasts to put the Nats up 5 nothing. Uh, I, I can remember uh, we've talked before about how um, Scherzer and, at the time, Jordan Zimmerman and, and Strasburg, all continue working on the game. They, they work on new pitches. Uh, you know, we, we've talked this season and, and last a lot about Daniel Murphy and how he's a, a student of hitting and he's always adjusting his approach. I think what we're seeing here is, uh, is Bryce Harper finally do, doing the same thing. He's now matured enough as a player where he's taken his, his tremendous raw talent and now he's starting to make real adjustments, not just to, you know, get my timing down, you know, do I spit on the pitch away or not, but now he's actually adjusting his swing, you know, that, that incredibly violent hack that he's got that hits the, the ball a, a billion feet. Uh, we saw this before the break uh, where he toned down his swing a little bit, adjusted it, you know, in that game where he hit two home runs, bang, bang. Put, put him right over the fence with, with what looked like a minimal effort string, swing. Um, we're potentially seeing the, uh, the emergence of an even more improved Bryce Harper. You know, whether this sort of reduced, more compact swing becomes his default mode or it just becomes another tool that he can play with now, uh, just, just tremendous. This is a guy who's not just a student of the game – He's a student of his own game now, and he's adjusting it and continuing to get better. And that's that's horrifying if you're a team playing against him. And I hope he makes the most of it in the next uh, next season and a half here on the Nats. 
Well, we're talking about the uh, Nationals outfield here with Bryce Harper with the big game tonight, but uh, we got some less good news on Jason Worth. I'm just pulling this story up. I have to go with an incognito window on Chrome so you can get behind the paywall on Washington Post. Shh, don't tell anyone that works. Jason Worth, <laughs> uh, before <laughs> before the game, uh, they said that his toe injury is worse than he originally thought. They were kind of hoping to get him back on this road trip, but they haven't been able to get him. Uh, they're not not looking like he's going to be back while they're out on the road here. Uh, Michael A. Taylor, oblique injury before the break. He ends up on the 10-day DL, too. So it's all on Brian Goodwin right now. They had Heisey out and left tonight, but I think Goodwin's the, the important one here. He's leading off with Trey Turner, also injured and out of the lineup for a couple more uh, months, honestly. But three Ks tonight for Goodwin, but one for five with a run scored and a double. I, I've really been impressed with Brian Goodwin so far. Uh, He's one of those guys that's continuously talked about as a five-tool player his whole career since they drafted him back in that big 2011 draft class. Uh, really come into his own here, though. I never understand how these guys kind of struggle in the minors. He's dealt with some injuries, of course, over the years, but gets up in the majors and all of a sudden starting to figure things out. Just a 254 average on the year, but I've been impressed with his stroke. He seems more locked in now that he's getting uh, every day at bats, which is sort of the same thing that happened with Michael A. Taylor once he got in there, but uh, to lose Adam Eaton, lose Michael Taylor now, and still have someone uh, as talented as Brian Goodwin to plug in there in center uh, speaks to the depth in this organization. Yeah, depth depth that's uh, starting to get a little shallow here. But uh, to, to not be pointlessly negative, uh, let, let me just say, as someone who has made you know years of of, uh, of pastime out of out of crapping on on Brian Goodwin and Michael Taylor for striking out and not making contact and showing only flashes of competence the, the two of them have really had uh, an emergence this year and the the fact that they've been able to put it together when this team has really needed them the most not just as a as a bench guy, bench guy a pinch runner a fourth outfielder but as someone who's going to be playing every day for most, if not all, of the season, uh, has just been tremendous. I, I mean, I, I'm sure the Nats would still be successful in the NLT East because the rest of the, the division is struggling so badly. But the two of them coming out has uh, really helped with the disappearance of, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the season – Two of the people I had pegged down as, as potential five-win players, then they're now hurt. All right, maybe uh, maybe we're going to get one of them back, but I, I think Michael Taylor is at like two and a half or two point eight wins. Okay, he's he's out now with the oblique too, but uh, but Goodwin has stepped up, and it, it's considering the amount of injury this team has accumulated so far out of what was a deadly lineup one to eight. Now we still somehow have a deadly lineup, like one to seven or one to six and a half, maybe. I, I, where, where does this even come from? You know, and, and then you have guys like Chris Heidi and Stephen Drew who are still making good contributions. You know, Drew had a couple of nice plays out in the field. Wilmer Defoe uh, showed some some sterling defense today, and uh, you know, Drew has always been solid with the bat. So is Heidi, even it's just a pinch hitting role. But now Defoe is starting to put it together. And, all right, he's still mostly going to be uh, a, a defense and speed guy, certainly, but with all the rest of the depth, all the rest of the guys that we were looking at as just bench pieces, complementary parts, are really stepping up and 
showing that they're legit everyday major leaguers, even on a team that wants to be a, a postseason contender, is uh, stunning and delightful to see as, uh, as a fan. Sticking with the question of depth, but turning to the rotation, uh, Joe Ross placed on a 10-day DL with a sprain of his right elbow. Uh, we all saw pretty clearly his velocity was down in his last start. Dusty Baker said Mike Maddox saw some other stuff on the mound he didn't like, so they went and pulled him after three and a third. Uh, ended up getting an MRI after that game, which revealed the sprain. I was going for an MRI arthrogram, which has that contrast dye, so they can get a better look at what's going on in there. Um, Dusty Baker said before the game, uh, where Dusty's quote, I don't want to speculate on things and don't want to think the worst, so we're preparing for it to be a longer situation, which doesn't bode well. Uh, Mike Rizzo asked if they needed to go out and get some starting help after they traded away some of their depth as winners. As I think we have some internal options that we're going to try to uh, try first that we're comfortable with, and then we'll evaluate it from there and see where we go. Uh, looking at those internal options, to me, Jacob Turner, uh, they've got Eric Fetty back starting again. I think he started in AAA tonight. I'll look up his stats for tonight while uh, you're answering this question. But are you worried about the depth? Uh, if Joe Ross is out for an extended period of time, which it looks like he might be at this point, uh, Tanner Roark is struggling. you got the top three with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Gio going strong. But after that, there's some question marks going forward here for the Nationals. Well, at last, Austin Voss finally gets his chance to spot, uh, to shine. At <laughs> least not until he somehow parlayed into a, a, a decent reliever. Um, yeah, this this is, I, I'm sad to say, something I, I noted earlier in the season. We were talking about, oh, what, what's uh, what's the Nats struggle? It's the bullpen. And I said, yeah, and, and the rotation depth. And, and now this has sort of come to pass. Uh, I still have faith. That, uh, that Roark can turn it around and at least not put up disastrous outings like he has been the, the last few times out where he's only, you know, not, not giving you five or six innings and, and giving up four or five runs, something like that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to expect quality starts out of him going, going ahead, but uh, I'm going to expect him to be serviceable uh, af- after the break, or at least I'm, I'm going to hope he can get back to that. He has enough of a track record of, uh, of adjusting and dealing with with poor results and turning it around, that I I feel like he can he can be useful in the second half. As for the fifth starter, uh, it would be nice if, uh, if if Mike went out and got someone. But honestly, at this point, Rizzo's got to be looking for a reliever, and that's got to be where the team spends its money and spends its prospects to get. Uh, a high-end reliever or a, a couple of mid-relievers if we believe that there's going to be some mix, mix and match and, and, and viable talent out of, uh, out of what we currently have in-house, which I don't personally believe, so I'd rather see that, that one good arm come back somehow. Uh, and that fifth guy, you, you don't need him in the postseason. So if you can cobble together something out of internal options to just eat those innings, so that uh, your your top guys are more rested at the end of the year, th- that's all you need. And that doesn't have to be someone good. And that's the luxury that Nats have right now of the rest of the NL East struggling so much, is that you can afford to just sort of have a throw-in as your fifth guy. They are about two weeks away from that deadline, though, as you mentioned, a uh, non-waiver trade deadline coming up at the end of the month. 
Nationals uh, names that have been thrown out there. Of course, David Robertson of the Chicago White Sox has been out there forever. Uh, Cincinnati Reds, Rosal Iglesias, Tigers, Justin Wilson, Ryan Madsen, and Sean Doolittle with the Oakland A's, Kansas City Royals, Kelvin Herrera, uh, my favorite, and the guy I hope they go out and somehow get away from the Tampa Bay Rays is uh, Alex Colomay, but the Rays are still in the wild card race out there. Detroit's not out of anything. Kansas City's making a little run there. It's going to cost a lot of prospects to get these guys. I, I know everyone's big on the pennants fly forever, and you got to go for it when you have the chance, which the Nationals have shown they don't necessarily do in the past. People are still angry about them shutting down Strasburg when they had a shot in 2012. But uh, do you think it's going to take more than one reliever? I tend to think they have to get a setup guy and a closer and kind of push everyone, uh, some of the younger guys, uh, struggling guys like trying in uh, younger guys like any Romero back into seventh, you know, eighth inning spots where they can, you know, be under a little less pressure and get some veterans in there at the back of the bullpen to, to uh, shore the bullpen up and, you know, 14 blown saves so far this season. It's completely, you know, they'd be running away with the division at that, at this point, if they won even half of those games, but, uh, do you think Mike Rizzo is going to be able to work his magic over the next two weeks? And where do you go if you're him? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, play, playing this game about who, who's going to take what for whom, I, I, I just don't know enough about organ, other organizations and what they're interested in. Uh, it, it is pretty certain that the, the White Sox are going to have all the prospects at the end of this year. Um, <laughs> so if, if that means some, some of them are some more Nats and we get Robertson, great. Uh, he'd be a good choice. There are a lot of other decent choices or almost as good choices. Honestly, I, I don't know if there is, you know, the flexibility in terms of, of money and trade ships to get two solid pieces, you know, a, a, a leverage ace and a, a nearly leverage ace. Cause I don't want to say ninth inning guy and eighth inning guy, like I'm Riddleman or something, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think those, I'm not sure Rizzo can work the magic to get those two pieces at an acceptable cost. Uh, even even the overpaying acceptable cost that we, we all know we're going to overpay at this point. Um, the pieces that are in-house right now, uh, I think, can form a reasonable setup core, especially if they know they're not going to be called upon to be the ninth inning guy. You know, it would be better if they could all relax and only have to be the seventh inning guy and, you know, mix and match up sort of spots. But I think between Romero and Trinan and some sort of convoluted monster of other pieces in there, we have – we can cover the eighth inning, I think. It's not going to be bulletproof, but it's it's going to be serviceable yeah, with with a, a good anchor. Uh, I'm just not sure Rizzo will be able to get more than that good anchor. And that that's the most important piece. I think maybe Mike Rizzo should ask himself, what would Grant Brisby do? Uh, check on Fetty's <laughs> starts there. Three and two-thirds innings tonight. Three hits, one earned run, one K. Uh, it's his third start back in the rotation. They got him about six weeks of relief work. So when they need him later this season, if not four days from now, uh, they have them ready to either start or know what it's like working out of the bullpen. So that's one internal option they can go to for either the rotation or the bullpen to kind of shore things up going on. But we'll see what the Nationals do. They got another game with the Reds tomorrow night. 
four games. When was the last time they had a wraparound series that went to a Monday? I was trying to think of that earlier. I can't remember the last time, honestly. Uh, I think it's happened once this season, but I do not remember uh, who or when. Uh, I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out. Uh, Max Scherzer versus Luis Castillo tomorrow night, 7-10, 53-36 on the year after the win. Trade deadline's two weeks away. We're hoping to get back at it here on Nats Nightly as often as possible. So, Doghouse, it's good to see you again, sir. Maybe we'll talk to you tomorrow night or uh, after one of the next two games coming up with the Reds, the four games set this weekend. Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Good night. Go Nats.